0: This podcast is a TOEFOP production. Head
1: to toefop.com
0: for more. everyone relax, this is Tofop, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson, hello and thank you for watching. And Podcast Mike has no idea what episode we're doing. It's sort of it's sort of that been that couple of years, doesn't it? Like, you know, it's not just like what episode of Tofop is, Is what day is it, what week is it, what month is it? <laughs> Time means nothing anymore. I think this
1: is why we're having so many once-in-a-lifetime weather events. Mm. I don't think it is climate change. I think time is collapsing in on itself and, like, time has lost all sense of meaning. Like, I can't believe – so I'm at the Melbourne Comedy Festival at the moment. By the time that people hear this, it'll be over. And uh, I remember when it got cancelled in 2020, and that feels like 10 years ago to me. And it's been two years. It can't be two years. And yet at the same time, you're like – Like in the last two years, everything has happened and fuck all has happened. Yeah. And I can't distinguish
0: any (laughs) of it from each other. Well, I'll give you even a more stark dichotomy. Last time we spoke, I'd just seen Midnight Oil at Blues Fest on Friday night Mm. and had a fantastic night. It was great and I was re-energized. A mere two days later, (laughs) I went to Blues Fest and had the complete opposite night. Like it was if if Friday night the the midnight Oil night was like you know a great festival experience I had the complete opposite experience and to use um- are
1: you because on because on Sunday you went to see daylight solo right <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> And weirdly, they have very right-wing politics.
0: Like, you'd think from the name they'd be really hippy-dibby, but they say a lot of mean and horrible shit. It, there was a weird energy. Let, let's just say this. So in, in sporting parlance, I was managing my minutes. I, I'm not a young mm. uh, spring chicken anymore, so I couldn't do, like, the full four days. I had no intention of doing the full four days. Would never camp. Like, that's, that's completely off the table. But I live, you know, 20 minutes drive from the festival site. So... Mm. Uh, Gem and I decided we'd buy tickets for two days with the two bands we wanted to see. So Crowded House were the headliners on on Sunday. And I would have thought that like, okay, Midnight Oil, Hoodoo Gurus, that's the big like, you know, party Friday night, you know, night at the festival. And then Sunday seems like the bit more of the mellower kind of one. But
1: I don't know. I mean, that makes sense. Like that makes sense sense. in what you're saying. In a programming sense, you've got these huge rock and roll like heavy Almost guitars,
0: punk, you know,
1: <laughs> but also sing along anthemic, like, you know, sort of you can imagine people literally moshing to bands like Midnight Oil and Huda Gurus, whereas you can't really imagine people going, here's four seasons in one day and rushing to the mosh pit.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know if it was like Crowded House specifically or who else was on the bill. I mean, the first thing I'd say is, um, it was so muddy, like by day three of the mm. festival, like it was so uneven and I was taking – Oh, has it, has, it, has it been wet up Though It's Just a bit of water, just <laughs> a bit of groundwater. <laughs> by by day three, it was like full on, you know, just mud pit and so the ground was very uneven and what I didn't anticipate was because the festival site is so big and so we went in early. We took Iona in for her first festival experience, you know, yeah, and that was – that was an omen because um, Iona missed her her nap and we went in sort of late afternoon. And when toddlers miss naps, what you then have on your hands is like a ticking time bomb. Sometimes it can go fine, but other times you are dealing with like a feral animal that just you cannot contain. It, you know, it's nothing makes it happy, everything makes it angry and you're just in constant sort of like uh, putting out spot fires left, right and centre.
1: Well, what you've done is you've skipped a couple of steps. You know, you've taken her not to her first festival. You've taken her to her first last day of Come a festival. <laughs> like, and she's like, she's got some real last day of a three-day festival energy going into the final day.
0: That's yeah, that's 100% right. It's day three of camping. All the drugs are gone. She was feeling really, really shitty. So we get in, and uh, we we as soon as we got there, like because it's so. We first of all we took the wrong entrance, and so we parked on the complete wrong side of the festival. Then had to mm. do this twenty minute hike to get to where we needed to get in. Um, and then once we got in there, she was just like, "No, I don't like any of this. I don't want to see anything." And so then, as a parent, you start going like bribes, okay, ice cream, face painting. So, mm-hmm. but it was so packed. Like I actually would have. I thought Friday night was busy but Sunday was even busier and I again I don't know who the lineup was but it felt like it must have been a younger like more hip hop or dancey because it was just heaps more of that young kind of I don't want to say stereosonic energy but there was a lot of that stereosonic energy <laughs> like happening which I was completely taken back by at Bluesfest just seeing those kind of like, those kind of dudes and those kind of girls you know uh, uh, milling around at Bluesfest um And so the only place we could go to calm Iona down was this face painting tent, but there was a, like everything, there was a huge line. So we get into the line and Gem and I are taking it in turns just to kind of like, just like a little princess, just sedate her with like toys and trinkets and ice cream so she wouldn't flip out. So we finally got her face painted, got her an ice cream, that seemed okay. She saw a bit of John Stevens and no- and noise. Well, not Noise Works. I think it's John Stevens doing the the song, the hits of Noise Works and Excess, which I seem <laughs> to like. She seemed to enjoy a bit of, bit of a reach out and touch somebody. Um, and then Jem, the plan was Jem was going to take Iona home. Um, we had friends staying. She's going to get us settled, and Jem would come back in and meet me. Mm-hmm. So we hadn't, we'd been there for a couple of hours and I hadn't really seen anything, just been sort of walking from one place to the other and then seeing like a little bit of John Stevens and then back to the car to get Iona back in the baby seat and see see Gemma off. And then, so finally, I've got like an hour or two to myself and I'm like, fantastic. Like, let's just go see some Max, and, you know, go to the bar and all that kind of stuff. But hiking all the way up in the bar, I get a text from a friend of mine, a publicist. He's like, oh, hey, um, a, a friend of mine has this like wildlife foundation. They've got a, a tent there, they'd really love if you could go and just take a photo with them and, and put it on Instagram. So I'm like, yeah, okay, okay, well, no problem. Where is it? So it's by this stage. I look at the map, it's on the complete other side of the okay. site. I'm like, fuck. So I'm like, at least grab a beer or something. So I get no, but the lines are too long. So I'm like, I'll just get this photo done and then I'll get to the bar. So I trudge like all the way to the other side of the site. And I'm like, where is this? Like animal sanctuary tent, like, and I'm, and she's like, it's near the whatever stage, and so I'm circling mm. the stage. I go to every stall, I can't find it, and then obviously because it's a festival, you're trying to text, but you're not. It's like spotty mobile coverage, and I'm texting where is it, and she's like, oh yeah, I think they packed up. I'm like, oh great, <laughs> oh great. So they <laughs> they packed up. I mean, that would have been useful information two hours ago. Great, no problem. So. Then I, I finally get in to get a drink and um uh, our mate semi cab. I mean, it clearly means that they weren't really hanging
1: out for that photo yeah. also. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like that the photo wasn't that no, important it wasn't. in the first place. If they were clearly not willing to wait around for another 15 minutes, they're like, we're not ruining our day at this excellent festival. We're going off to see John Stevens. What are you talking Fuck about?
0: the wombats. They've had it too good for too long.
1: <laughs>
0: so <laughs> We're going to see the band, the wombats. That's what we want to see. So finally I meet up with um, – Sammy Cav and he's there with a couple Mm -hmm. of mates and so um, I can't remember who was playing uh, but it was some kind of like funk band or something like that and we've got this other friend Josh who's very distinctive he's got long straight dark hair you know and always wears like a a baseball cap so we're sort of texting back and forth meet by this tower at this you know at Mm -hmm. at this proximity to the stage So we're sort of going to the crowd and it's really, really busy. And I hate that, you know, you feel so bad when you're sort of like squeezing past people to kind of get to like a a fairly indeterminate, you know, location. But then we see Josh and I'm like, oh, great. I could see the dark hair and the baseball captain. So we squeeze right up. We go right up to this guy, tap him on the shoulder. Not Josh. (laughs) Absolutely not him. But like from behind, a a complete double. So then – we're like, all right, let's just get out of the crowd. So now we have to squeeze all the way back. And we end up on the side of the tent where the support, um, you know, uh, the cables are, you know, holding the tent up. So we're standing there, pretty good in the point of view, watching bands go by, but a lot of people are walking past and not seeing the cables and, and tripping. So Sam, being the good guy that he is, is letting people know, hey, look out, there's a cable, there's a cable. Um and so this girl is walking out, you know, away from the stage and Sam's like, hey, watch out for the cable. And her boyfriend, stereosonic dude, just jumps out and shoves Sam and is like, don't fucking, don't fucking touch her. And Sam's like, what? And then he's like, I'll fucking smash you. And then like, everyone's like, whoa, whoa, dude, like, no, no. He was, And then like this dude cocks his fist. At the entire crowd, like he is willing to- At the crowd. Like to, he's going to punch I'll, the- I'll, I'll
1: punch you all. I'll punch the- you you, know, you you all stop looking at me or you will all get this fist of fury, each and every one of you. Like, literally a guy waving his muscles at a crowd. Yeah,
0: like literally like when, you know, those Green Lantern comics where he'll just generate a giant fist and swing it at like a crowd of bad <laughs> Like I've never seen anything like it. He literally like backed away from the crowd with his fist cocked, like daring yeah. someone to come near him. And, like, it wasn't just Sam. Like, there's about 20 people in the area who are like, what the fuck yeah. just happened? Like, clearly you're just saying, hey, watch do, out.
1: Do, do you reckon he knows where to get some ice, that yeah. fella? Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Ice, really- ice and steroids in, in strong supply, wherever yeah. he's come from. And so that sort of, like, put a bit of a kind of weird, like, energy over it. It's like, okay, it's not the blues fest I'm used to or the even the festival experience that I'm really used to. Like, No, it's Byron Bay getting in a blues fest. <laughs> exactly right. So then um the, you know the sun goes down um jem is texting mm. me she's on her way in i'm like okay cool at this stage i still really haven't seen anything because it's been like toddlers having tantrums and then dudes threatening to punch my friends and then you know mistaken identities like trying to so I haven't it's just been all that it's been like hours of that um finally jem arrives so i go I'll, I'll line up at the bar when she's 20 minutes away and that way by the time she gets here i'll, I'll have some drinks so Gem arrives, gives her a drink, and then we go, because Crowded House We're about to start, so we meet up with our friends and and, and Sam and a couple of other guys and and Josh, and uh, Crowded House start. And Josh turns to me and goes, don't you think Neil Finn looks like Margaret Pomerantz? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you've seen his hair lately, but he's got that kind of – It's a boof. Yeah, but it's a a spiky, silvery, and I swear to God, it ruined – the whole gig for me because I'm just like, he looks like Margaret Pomerance. I'm just waiting for him to turn to David and ask what he thought about the previous song. Like I didn't like it, David. I felt like there was a the chorus wasn't strong enough and the the chords were just a little repetitive.
1: Well, wouldn't it be great if Crowded House did it David and Margaret style? So they do their set, but then someone comes out and refutes the lyrics. Mm, mm. So you know, like yeah. You know, so he does a bit of you know four seasons in one day, and then it goes over to someone else and go. Well, to be honest, is he it's really hyperbole. It was more like three seasons in that one day. <laughs> He's added like it, it wasn't really like summer at all. It got a bit warm in the afternoon, and I really don't think this can be justifying the title four seasons in one day. But that's just my take.
0: Yeah, and so I and to, and to be honest, it was just after seeing Midnight Oil, it was just it was. mellow for me i was actually just getting a bit bored i'm like i you the united states i appreciate this the music musicianship and the and the songs and everything but just not really into this so i went back to the bar and uh started chatting to this couple friends of friends and it was all good they were getting on really well and and then it took a hard pivot into anti-vax territory and i was like oh i'd had i had just enough to drink and just enough medicine that when it's in that, I was like, you know what? I've had a pretty shit night. I'm willing to get into this. Let's, let's have a chat. <laughs> Tell me your views. Like let's, let's find okay. out what, what your point of view is. And so. Interesting. And cause I, uh, one of the girls was German or something. And she said, well, in mm-hmm. Europe, um, you know, they didn't shut the borders. Everyone traveled normally. And I think that's, mm. you know, personal freedom is, is, is more important. She's got, and we've got kids I think it's damaging them to see people wearing masks, not natural. And and I said, yeah, okay. And I said, well, look, mm. no one's saying there's a perfect solution to what's going on right now. But you know, we're trying to mitigate the risks. And I guess at some point, you sort of have to weigh off. It will, is the potential lack of development of a children of children not seeing you know people's faces constantly is that better or worse than a pandemic spreading out of control <laughs> across nations and with open borders? And they'll also, absolutely-
1: people are also, by the way, people are seeing people's faces this is the argument like that always is like oh well you know everyone's wearing masks everyone's not wearing masks Mm. no one's there's never been a time where everyone wore masks like some people have worn masks at sometimes it's been more people and now it is much much less people much much fewer people but it's there's never been a time where like if you had a kid you'd be like yeah my baby's too
0: never seen a face it's just not happening that is not a realistic scenario yeah well in their mind too cuz then the next thing they pivoted to was well we're getting forced to be vaccinated and that's just that violates um human rights and i said no one is forcing anyone to get vaccinated and he's like yeah but i can't work specific jobs unless and i said yeah but there's tons yeah. of jobs where you have to have specific qualifications before they will let you do the job i mean that's you know that that's pretty standard, right? Like, you know, I would like to fly fly an aeroplane. I can't just fucking like fly an aeroplane. There's certain things I have to qualify for, certain amounts of training, certain things I have to do. And then he was-
1: I But I, I, I have a job, my job, you know, without going into too many of the details of, you know, the requirements of these sort of jobs, but every year for Gruen- um, I have to get a full medical before mm-hmm. we do the shows and I have to make sure that all my vaccinations are up to date. Fascism. Like that's been happening. It's fascism. It's been happening
0: really. for it's, – it's, it? it's your fault for yielding to fascists, clearly.
1: I actually thought it was just to re- protect the people that I work with and their jobs and mortgages but, uh,
0: and lives I and mean, families. you would have thought it was just like a public health issue uh, at the moment yeah. and that maybe – because that was the other thing is then they've gone, oh, well, we've both had it and it's fine. It's just like a cold. And I said, well, that's – That's great. I said, I've got a friend in the hospital at the moment because they caught COVID and the virus got into their spine and they don't know if he's going to walk again. So I'm really glad that you guys are okay and you think it's nothing more than a cold. And then three days after Blues Fest, I start getting the sniffles and I'm like, fucking hell, man. I was like, if me arguing with those anti-vaxxers gave me fucking COVID for the second time, I've tested myself twice in the last three days. I don't have COVID. But it was just like, oh, man, it was – It was night and day. I had such a great time on Friday, and it was my own fault because even on Sunday, I was umming and ahhing about going back in. It's like I had a really good night on Friday, and this is where I I trust myself implicitly. Even when I was a younger man in my 20s, I had a very good off switch, like when all my friends, including you, (laughs) were like, yeah, fuck it, why don't we go another day? It's day two, day three, why not? I was always very good at going, you know what? We've had some fun. I think it's time for me to retire. I'm just going to raise the bat. I know it's maybe not the the coolest thing to do, but I'm going to retire. And I had that same feeling where I was like, I've had a great first day. Memories for a lifetime. I can I can leave it there, but I just got too ahead of myself and then it was just everything conspired to make it a terrible night.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does sound like It was one of those things where, like, firstly, maybe day three just wasn't the right day for Iona. That was the mistake in the first place. I feel like actually it even goes back to the mistake you've made with the car park. I feel like this whole day got off to the wrong start because, like, you'd understand if you parked in the wrong spot and went to the wrong gate if you hadn't been there two days earlier. Yeah. But you'd literally been to that place two days earlier. You probably should have known where to park to get in the front door, right? Like the whole day was cursed from the minute you arrived is what I'm thinking.
0: I think – I can't remember. I think maybe I drove in day one and Jem drove in day two. So it wasn't Uh, exactly that. But, yes, you think we could have figured it out. But it's very – like once you're in there, it's just – it, it, the, in that car park area it's it, it's not very well posted like we at one stage we ended up driving into like the staff area until they <laughs> turned us around like yeah. we, we were like the worst most cliched kind of tourists you'd think we'd never been uh you know to, to blues fest before but it was look on the balance of things it was it, it was it was good but it was just that just that one day and i think if i had just not if I had not trudged around, if I had just sat in one spot, it would have been fine because I would have avoided all those conflicts. I would have avoided like, you know, seeing that guy try to punch Sam. I would have avoided the anti-vax conversation. Like I just, I should have just sat in the in the VIP tent and just like, although I could have done that at home, which is initially what my instincts were telling me.
1: Well, here's, okay. So there's a couple of things like, Firstly, the lesson for Sam is don't help other people. Yeah, Clearly just let people trip over the cables. Not your business, mate. Not your business, not your occupational health and safety. <laughs> like this is – Sam's done too many official gigs at proper companies where he's like this is clearly an occupational health and safety risk. <laughs> I'm going to have to step in here, be a little safety monitor for this area that I'm now standing in and it's my responsibility. <laughs> Whereas like the rest of us are like, oh, well, fuck it, cords. People can work it out or trip over. That's the end of it. Let's move on. The fact that you were – Seeing some funk band. Did you say it was yeah, in the middle yeah. of a
0: funk band? Fat Freddy's Foot. Fat Freddy's. Oh, Fra- Fat Freddy's Drop. Fat Freddy's Drop, I believe,
1: yes, was the band on yes, the Yes, okay. Do you remember the Dead Kennedys? Yes. G.L.O. They, they had a front. song, yeah, and a very uh, they a big song called Too Drunk to Fuck. Do you remember that song? Uh, yeah, vaguely, yeah. Do you reckon there's ever been a funk band? Podcast Mike, could you please look this up? Like, has there ever been a funk funk band called Too Drunk To Funk? That's a good one. Because if there hasn't been, that is a good name for a funk band, I think. So I need to know whether there is. I imagine out there in the
0: world there's got to be a funk band called Too Drunk To Funk. Well, I know that Five had a song called Slam Dunk The Funk. (laughs)
1: Oh, my God, the 95th five respirator. The, I listened to you talk to Claire Tonti as well. I'm faux fop. And I'm like, Charlie is like, will not stop talking about five. Like, I'm done. It's actually, you are deep into five in a way that I don't think anybody else in the world is into five. Oh,
0: absolutely. Five. But it's done. Like, I, I, I even said that. Like, it was one of those things where you get like a taste for a certain mm. chocolate bar or a certain snack or whatever, and you just eat it until you fucking hate it. I'm done. I'm done with five. I mean, thank you to everyone, by the way. Who sent me um, Five's dates because they are touring Australia at the end oh really of the, touring, Yeah, at the end
1: of the year yeah I don't think they're coming I up. mean should we go and see Five when they tour Australia uh, Mike did, like is there a chance that we should have a little tophop team <laughs> trip and we should all go and see Five when they tour Australia I mean that
0: could be an amazing bonus episode if we went and saw Five I mean I reckon we we, we could get in to speak to them I don't think there would be like that would be particularly hard for us to get Five. Oh,
1: yeah they'd be like yeah. there's this podcast that's really like there's a bit of heat around it to be honest mate like the the people are really we're getting a lot of google alerts like people in australia are talking about five non-stop
0: in a weird um in a weird case of uh of, of synchronicity guardian the guardian wrote an article about five this very week which people have been sending me links to and then apropos of nothing it's just one of those kind of like um like column pieces where it's like do you remember the band five and this is what they're doing now and it's like that's weird. That I was the first guy to talk about five in the- I, I, nah, clearly. Clearly, the Guardian <laughs> are listening into
1: TofoB, getting all their ideas. Well, you know what the sad part about articles. that Guardian
0: article was? Is reading it. I'm like, this is not telling me anything I don't know yet. Like I've heard all these anecdotes and stories yeah. before because my research <laughs> has made me. I mean, if I if you're an expert in five, what does that make you? Like a fiveologist, a five spurt. <laughs> Five smirt sounds very dirty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're a five
1: spurt. Yeah, that's what I prefer. I want you to go on hard quiz. I want you to go on Tom Gleason's hard quiz and do five as your specialist subject.
0: <laughs> well I'd go. I reckon, I reckon I'd do all right. I think, yeah, no, I think I would. I think I'd do all right. I'd have to, I'd have to sort of research a bit more about um their later career because I know they have released a new album, which I have not listened to. But yeah, it's it's getting to the point now. I've learned all Jay's raps. So uh I think that mean that's where I'm done. I, I feel like now that I've got Jay's raps memorized, I, there's no need for me to, for, to to dig any further into five. The only way I would the only the only way I'd come back is if if Jay and Abs were to return to five, then yes, I would definitely like I, I think a be. Oh yeah, for the five yeah, reunion. I'd be back like on board you, I that, mean that, although that having, having back, said yeah. that, they are playing okay. like I think it's like the Rudy Hill RSL. And something about that is mm. like fuck. Maybe you know what? Maybe we should go. If it's easy for us to go, would you come with me? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'll come with you. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't think you should go
1: by yourself. <laughs> I don't think that's a good. Mike, look. would
0: you come if we if we got tickets to five? Would you come along? Yeah, maybe. I love "Keep On Moving." It's a great song. So, to see yeah, that. Yeah, it's a good song. <laughs> okay. I, I, I love that
1: Mike, by the way, has, I, I, yeah, so is there a band called Too Drunk to Funk?
0: I have found a uh, Facebook page for a band called Too Drunk to Funk with 650 oh. likes, tantalising function band spanning disco, funk, 80s pop in a diverse mix of floor-filling party is tunes. It, um, and they seem to be based in, like, the east coast of England. Someone fucking got them a thesaurus for Christmas, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is a chance that Too Drunk to Funk and Five have probably yeah. played on the same bill, it sounds like. I mean, if there
1: was a double bill of Five and Too Drunk to Funk, we would definitely go. Wherever it was was. the Too Drunk
0: to like Funk. That. That's what you'd call the tour. I mean... <laughs>
1: I mean, it would be the too drunk to too drunk to funk slam dunk tour. I think I'd, I would work too that. drunk.
0: T- Wait, so what is it? The, the too, too drunk, drunk to funk, funk slam dunk tour. The too drunk to funk slam dunk tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, that would be it. Yeah, um, uh, uh, yeah. Well, look, let's let's stay tuned. I, I I had a brief look at the the dates, and I, it seemed to be I think it was like four shows, and it was like RSLs in Sydney and Melbourne. Mm. I didn't see anything up in Queensland or definitely this area, but. I mean, how much would it cost to get five to come play at our house? <laughs> like, surely we could probably – like, if we Patreon-leveled that, I mean, that's something we could try and do. If we got a private gig mm. with five, like, you've got space at your place. We set up a little stage. You know, we run a competition. Like, on yeah. Patreon, you sign up uh. to this amount. I mean, how much could it cost to get five to play – like, they don't have to do their full set, just like all the hits.
1: And I feel like you – like, I think the the easiest – bit of this negotiation is getting it by five. I think the hardest bit of this negotiation is getting it by Amy. So yeah. am I talking to her or are you talking to her about the fact that we can have a concert by
0: five in our backyard? Podcast, Mark, I've got a new job for you. <laughs> Win Amy over. <laughs> can you get five playing at Will's Place? Okay, look, we don't have to do it at your house. Mm. I mean, my place, and they could probably do it. it. just depends on how many people, like off the top of your head, how much do you think they're getting for an RSL gig. Oh, I mean, Three hundred people paying what, yeah. thirty bucks a head. Look, you're probably getting Ten grand? Twenty, probably twenty. Twenty. Oh, that's a yeah. lot. It's more than Because the RSL
1: clubs, than. they still have a bit of money because they're trying to get people there to gamble. Like right. so it's not like a regular venue. Responsibly. Yeah. Well, no, they don't want that. They might say that. There might be posters that say that, but they absolutely do not want them to gamble responsibly. They want them to be lured in by the appeal of three of the original members of five and then spend the rest of the night filling up the pokies. That is actually what they want.
0: Well, I'm, maybe that's the – there's got to be a uh, – Maybe I should put some
1: pokies a- in at home. If yeah, I, we can put a few in. pokies in, some money. in the garage <laughs> <laughs> and then we can start doing concerts in the driveway.
0: Well, I guess maybe uh, but I'm putting too much onus mm. on the on the the TOEFOP audience yes. to raise funds. No, no, no. To bring I, I
1: think, I think, look, I think we, it's just about us going to see five. We need to see five. We don't need to see five in our environment. We need to see five in their environment. In we their need element. to see who else is like us there? Is it just old fans of five who followed them or are there people like you, Charlie, who <laughs> didn't get into fives the first time around necessarily, but have rediscovered a real love and passion for five? Like it might turn out it's just a bunch of like middle-aged men.
0: What do you think would be required for five to let me do the J rap and everybody get up? Like, how do we make that happen? I'll be the resident president, I'm the fifth element, Jimmy Nooker Nookestong, Colt, how I'm hitting them. Do you think they would like, what would it take for them to go, yeah, we'll let this guy come up and do um, J-verse?
1: Is the guy who does that verse still in the band or is he one of the guys? Who's no, left?
0: Jay. That, that's what I'm saying. It's the J-verse. Jay Jay, we don't know where Jay is. Okay. <laughs> is J okay? Hashtag, is J okay? You know
1: what? Are you okay, J Day? <laughs> so... <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, yeah. By the way, further to, further to my research, mm-hmm. I recently saw an interview that Abs did. Um, so yeah. Abs is in a new band, which is like it's kind of it's all the bad boys from a different couple of different boy bands. Mm. Like I think it's guy from Boyzone and stuff like that. It's the, su- a bit rough. It's the Suicide Squad of boy bands. Yeah, yeah. And so he um, he released a rap. It was like a diss track where he dissed the other members, the remaining members of, of Five. Like – it's it's sort of like done in that kind of stormsy kind. of – What's that called? Grime is it? Grime uh, that that whatever that style yes. of rap is. That is like you know uh, you know yeah I was in a boy band but everyone's always asking where the fuck is Jay man and it's like oh Abs is bloody broken his silence because he left in twenty fourteen. As so the four of them, and then he just left. But that, he didn't tell the band. He just announced it on Twitter and never spoke to them again. And that's that's the cause of friction. And it was all quiet until he released his diss track like a, like a, about a year ago.
1: Okay, so but that's yeah. So that's Abs doing the diss track. Jay, we don't know anything about. And Jay is who's ra-
0: Jay's a monk. And Jay Jay is Luke Skywalker. He's on an island somewhere drinking green milk from a mutant cow. So Jay uh, Jay
1: then is. Do you think when they perform live, five as
0: the three-piece? Exactly, piece, Go on. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, you tell do you know exactly. this already. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so
1: do they do the raps or do they just do the songs yeah. without the raps? S-
0: Scott does the raps now. Oh, yeah. And how is Scott well. doing
1: the ra- oh, Okay, yeah. Okay, so do not you very think good. compared to you doing the raps versus Scott doing the raps, like do you think you're in the same vicinity? No, no. Scott would definitely. Be <laughs>
0: I mean, the weird thing about Jay's raps is he has like this super. Yeah. It's almost like a uh, uh, like a notorious Big mm. tone. Like he's got an American accent yeah. for a start, but he's got the same kind of I don't know, like intonation that that Biggie had. Um, and there is one line I actually want to ask you about it. I wasn't going to bring it up, but you have, so let's yeah. talk about. No, no, no. So in that. No, no, by process- the way,
1: just for the record, we did start this conversation with you saying I'm done with five. It's over. But anyway,
0: <laughs> so anyway, let's- well, it's been on my mind. <laughs> it's been on my mind because I. Uh, so in everybody get up. Yeah. Okay. He has the he he has he has the line. I'm the resident president. I'm the fifth element. Yep. And then he goes, Jimmy Fly, Snooker Stone Cold's how I'm hitting them right, which is obviously a reference to. A, wrestlers uh-huh. now here's my question to you jimmy fly snooker uh-huh. that wasn't the wrestler's name it was jimmy superfly snooker uh-huh. jimmy fly snooker stone cold now obviously it doesn't fit into the kind of like rhythm uh-huh. of the verse uh-huh. so do you accept that is that kind of like a um uh, like a beastie boy like a pinch from the neck of mr spock which is nonsensical but you're like oh well it sounds cool so we'll we'll allow it yeah, I think so. And because you
1: also know what he's talking about, regardless of-
0: Whether he gets it right or not.
1: Yeah, right? Like the meaning is conveyed with the words. Like the fact that it is isn't every single word. You're not like, oh, hang on. Is he, be- he talking about that wrestler? Because he hasn't
0: used super in the middle of this. Um, but you still- But I wonder if- mm. But Jimmy Jimmy Superfly Snooker was also yeah. known as Superfly Jimmy Snooker. Or could you have just said- I'll be the resident president. I'm the fifth element. Superfly Snooker Stone Cold's how I'm hitting them. You know, they don't like not Jimmy Fly Snooker. So they're Superfly Snooker. And that to me would be more acceptable because you're using his kind of moniker and his surname as opposed to just getting them both wrong. Mm. I
1: think this was this sort of criticism that drove him away <laughs> into obscurity, people picking at his raps. He was like, I'm just sick of hearing it. I'm sick of hearing middle-aged men thinking they could do a better job of coming up with some fly raps than me.
0: Well, how, how about this? So that's the, so it goes, okay. I'm the resident president, president. I'm, the I'm the fifth element. Jimmy, F- Jimmy Fly, Snooker, Stone, Coldheim, hitting him. Better get together, put your hands in the sky, stick em up, punk, hit em low, hit em high, which I think is a Cypress Hill – Yep, reference stick them yes. up punk hit them yep. low hit them high yep. um now i'm the bad boy that you invite for dinners ain't got no manners because i eat with my fingers mm. and this is my favorite bit he goes lost boys terrorize the neighborhood and the hounds of the basketballs be up to no good <laughs> now to me i don't know if jay wrote the verse uh-huh. but i'm like hounds of the basketballs mm-hmm. I podcast mike can you just google the hounds of the-? that that's a sherlock holmes story it right? is like, yes. Or oh, do you know the Hounds of the Baskervilles? Yeah, it's
1: a very famous Sherlock Holmes story. It's like a classic. But what does what does it refer to, the Hounds of the Baskervilles? Are they a gang? Um well I believe no, I mean I think I think the Hounds of the Baskervilles were literally dogs. Like he's talking about <laughs> His dogs, you know what I mean? Like it's a double meaning about like hunting in a pack like lost boys, you know, vampires at night, oh, okay. or hounds in the basketballs. Right. So you get your dogs together, like you know. I think okay.
0: In in that case, it's it's quite a yeah. clever reference because it's his dogs, yeah, right? Right.
1: That's what I'm thinking.
0: Lost boys terrorize the neighbourhood, yeah. and the hounds of the basketballs be yeah, absolutely no good. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. It just it just struck me as a kind of oddly liter- like literary. Well, maybe it, it is
1: criticism. Maybe it's his least favorite of the Sherlock Holmes stories. He's like. <laughs> In the hands of the basketballs, be up to no good. I like the rest of them. I've got to be honest with you. Uh,
0: now, Blues Fest wasn't the only entertainment I've consumed this week, Will. Okay. Um, I had one of my favourite experiences uh, last night. I'm not sure if this is something you're a fan of, but I love a bit of amateur theatre. Mm-hmm. Um, although this was kind of more pro-am, pro-am theatre. Um, I think I like – here's theater. what I will say. I think I like amateur yeah. theatre more than I like theatre. Pro-theatre. Like I like yeah, a
1: musical, right. I like a comedy show, obviously, that sort of like live music. But like theatre, theatre, I've never seen a whole bunch of plays that I've gone that was super amazing, even if they've been like really well-renowned plays with really great actors. But if you take it down a few levels and I can see the amateurs, you know, the humans, yeah. the people putting on the play, I find that actually much more compelling and fascinating, I've got to say.
0: Well, this was particularly um, delightful because I didn't know that we were, I thought we were seeing professional theater because Jem said, Oh, like the Victorian ballet, uh, are doing a show at the Byron theater for kids. It's the magic toy box or the magic toy shop or something like that, which is like an old, like old ballets, like a Russian ballet that, you know, it's been adapted. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, oh, let's take Iona to to see some ballet. I'd never seen some ballet. Iona and I it was both our introduction to ballet. Now, um, as you know, the Byron Bay Theatre it's like a, it's not like a proper theatre. It's like a little black box theatre. Probably seats like what, 150, mm-hmm. maybe maybe that 150, maybe 200. Um, but it's one of those black box theatres where you are right on the stage. So. Um, And when we turned up too, they'd done two shows. They did like a matinee and then they did like a 6 p.m. show. And, again, it's it's four kids. And what they'd done is, so Victorian Ballet, a professional ballet school, and they had arrived in Byron with their professional troupe and then they'd supplemented it with some local whatever the Byron or Byron Shire ballet school is. So there was kids in there as well. Um, And one of the things I love most about like amateur theatre is just like you don't obviously have a budget, so you've got to try and sort of like think creatively. Now, the setting for this ballet, this play, is it's meant to be like a kind of like a 19, late 19th century toy shop, European toy shop, like a Geppetto kind of figure. And so he makes toys and then the toys come to life and they dance around. That's the, the, the general premise of it. Um, and so they didn't have enough money for a set, so they had a projection of like a like a children's book kind of toy shop against the wall. That was the dressing, and then they had some props. And <laughs> they didn't really sort of commit to the period. Like you'd think, okay, well, it's a late nineteenth century toy store, so it'd be like marionette puppets and you know tin cars and that kind of stuff. No, there was an Elmo doll <laughs> and like some some Hulk hands. <laughs> <laughs> you know the most just whatever toys uh, just you know whatever, whatever just whatever, whatever toys time even though everyone else is in period costume yeah. and the music is clearly like classical music mm-hmm. um but also Hulk smash yeah and so <laughs> then the dancers come out and the thing I'd say about like like first of all amazing you know the athleticism mm. and uh, they, they were great but I don't think ballet <laughs> Is built for you to be because in a black box theatre you, you're on you know sort of raised seating and you it's like you're on the stage like you're very very close to the performers and so you can hear every pivot and turn and land of the dancers even though they're very light on the right. feet and you know they're, they're trained dancers like you're hearing. It's like being courtside, you know, at the basketball. Yeah, you're hearing the breeze and sweat and grunts yeah. and all
1: those sort of things where you're like, this actually takes a little away from the performance when I just hear it go, oof.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, to be honest, they weren't, you couldn't, they were no. like extremely fit and you yes. weren't like seeing any of that. But it was just more the, the scuffs and yeah. the turns and the points because it's like you're just hearing yeah. this. So you're seeing and they're throwing these beautiful shapes and they're in these like beautiful costumes but you're getting all this yeah. noise. But the other thing is, because it was only half full for this late performance, um, like, they and they could see me, like, you know, I'm I'm less than two metres away. And so you become acutely aware of the fact that it's like when you're sitting in the front row of the aeroplane and they're mm. giving the safety announcements, like, well, fuck, man, I don't want to – I'll get busted if I'm not paying attention. So, you know, you, you got to pay a lot of attention. And uh, Iona was loving it, by the way. Like, it was so – great to watch like her first year, and she was just like spellbound just watching these like dancers come out and stuff so she was loving it um but there was a lot of kids in the crowd (laughs) and at one point this kid a few rows behind me and I think I was the only one to hear it but he farted really loud (laughs) and like and so I laughed because it was it was funny but the problem was at the same time that this kid farted, or, or or mere seconds after this kid farted, and I laughed. A dancer on stage made a mistake, oh, and so, but she was right in front yeah. of me, and so I'm laughing, and she oh, looks no. up after making the mistake, oh, no. and she sees me like and thinks chuckling, you're laughing
1: at her, fucking and thinks up. I'm
0: laughing at her, oh, and so no. then, oh my god, and so then, I pivot the other directions, like well, I now oh, I'm just no. going to be the most intent.
1: Yeah, you've got to just lean in, just like, sorry. But now that almost like sells it more that you were laughing before though. Like what you really needed to just yell out was, I'm laughing at a kid farting, not at you. Move on. (laughs) Like just clear it up. Well, it
0: was worse because like the the, the performers, the dancers are predominantly like teenagers. And so it's even worse that you've got this like middle-aged guy just like staring intently at the stage. Um (laughs) But then, so it's a two act. So after the, um, we come back from the second act and and the performers are all great. They're sort of, well, here's the thing about ballet, right? Like like a musical, um, there is, so it's just, it's it's there's no dialogue. It's all just like, it's real big kind of hammy kind of acting. And then like a musical, when there's an excuse to sing, they just sing, it's dancing. Yeah. So it's like, oh, why tell a story with dialogue when you can just start dancing around? Um, and so that was great for Iona because, you know, she didn't have to follow any dialogue. She could just watch the dancing. Um, but I think sort of halfway through the second act, her energy started to lag and then she just turned into this heckler, like this little two-and-a-half-year-old heckler where she was sitting in her chair and just yelling stuff out that came to mind. Like, <laughs> like you know, like I'm sure you've had this stuff? in your shows. Well, just like, ah, dancing or like <laughs> that kind of that dress is red. You know, just like I mean, I'm sure you've had like drunk hecklers at your shows do the same thing. I'm just mean, kind of non sequiturs. Just yelled really loudly. I mean, as as recently
1: as last night. So, <laughs> oh, really. Was it Podcast Mike? (laughs) I know he asked you for some tickets. It was. Actually, it's funny you you mentioned that because Podcast Mike was in. It was the last night of Logical when we're recording this last night. And it was like a big, rowdy Saturday night crowd. And there was just a point early on where I was like, all right, I'm going to have to just like shut them up a little bit here. It it never got too out of control, but there was enough of – there was a couple of that dresses reds that slipped through and I was like, no, 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 no. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to shut this shit down. I can't spend the next forty-five minutes with somebody saying, Daddy, he's dancing.
0: <laughs> so with with that, with your hecklers, not the yeah. two and a half-year-old hecklers, do you think that predominantly it is goodwill heckling, as in, hey, I'm part of the show yeah. too? I or mean, I'm helping so, you out certainly or last
1: what? night it was. Like it was just okay. people who were like they, the, the crowd had a lot of energy and they were just joining in a bit too much early on when, like, you. So sometimes you've then just got to go, um, look, I got this. <laughs> 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 I appreciate your support and that you're here to help. But to be honest with you, this is the last night and I've managed the other two and a half weeks without you. So I can do this without your help.
0: I mean, you should just take the opportunity just to rip through them and then hope someone's filming it so you can get one of those YouTube clips up where it's like, Will Anderson destroys Heckler, and destroys is written in all caps. Yeah, but that, that that involves
1: when you say someone films it, what you mean is the comedian themselves has been filming it and then immediately rushes to YouTube to caption <laughs> their own clip of them destroying a Heckler. <laughs> Do you get any joy out of destroying a heck? Nah, not really. It must be satisfying.
0: No, not really. I don't. I mean, really? No, no, no. Oh, I'd love that. I, I, I think I would think it was like that thing where you have an argument with someone, and then you know, five minutes later, you think of the perfect comeback. Like because you've done this so many times, you have comebacks preloaded. Oh yeah, I I'm, thought it'd be very satisfying. Uh, no, I
1: think it's actually the opposite, which is that there is a really disproportionate power relationship. So sometimes. Like what you learn over the years is like if like so the other night, uh, guy comes in front row of the audience, thirty five minutes late for the show, right? So like you're more than halfway through the show at that point, and like he's sitting in the front row. So he comes and sits down, and how? sorry, hang on, how late? Thirty five minutes. <laughs> Why even bothered coming? Well, that's what I asked, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I. You have to stop the show and deal with that. Like if that was happening up the back, it wouldn't matter. But because he's obviously walking in past everyone, you can't just keep doing your thing because it's distracting. So, um, but at the same time, I, I don't have time in the show to deal with that. That's why I do the improv show, you know, where I do talk to the audience because in my regular show, I just kind of need to get to the jokes. But I've got to deal with him. And so I just like in the old days, you might rip shreds out of him. But like these days, what you realize is, The whole crowd are already on your side. They're not on his side. And even if you're just asking gentle questions, it almost feels like you're like insulting them or taking them down. Because I just, all I wanted to know was why he was late. I said, what were you doing? He goes, I was at dinner. And I said, oh, okay, well, that's fine. He goes, it's my birthday. And I'm like, okay, well, that's, you know, I'm not going to make too much fun of you. But I was like, you know, like at least tell me that you had something nice for dinner. You know, what did you have for dinner? And he was like, oh, I know, Japanese. And I was like, yeah, but what specifically were you eating that was so (laughs) delicious that you couldn't come to something that you clearly cared about enough that you were sitting in the front row on your birthday? Like this isn't an accidental purchase of a ticket, right? This is – it's my Mm. birthday – I have a ticket in the front row. By the way, he had time to stop and get a drink in the foyer before he came in. So <laughs> Was he on his own or was he meeting friends? Uh that's a good question, actually. He sat down. I think he sat down by himself. So maybe oh. on his birthday, he'd booked himself a ticket to the the show oh. in the front row. <laughs> it's, and then, tr- it's tragic. And it's like, now, yeah, and anyway. So, so like I said, it's remaining like
0: members of five <laughs> on his own. <laughs> that'll be me. That'll be me rocking up to the Rudy Hill RSL halfway through the show and the five band members be like what are you? the three band members will be like what are you doing I'm like I'm just here to do the rap verse from everybody get it. well,
1: hang on maybe it is a five situation but in reverse like maybe this guy isn't a fan of the of mine at all but he's got an ironic fascination with my career in the same way as you've developed an ironic fascination with Five, and he's just coming along to have a bit of a weird gander so he can gossip about it on his podcast. And he's like, "Well, fuck it, I'll have dinner. I'll get there. I'll get the gist of it in the last twenty-five minutes. I'm
0: sure." That'd be amazing. He's like, "I've just got a question. What happened to Corinne Grant? Yeah. She used to be on the glass house. Is she <laughs> like in the shibis anymore?" <laughs> <laughs> I've been in a rabbit hole YouTube for <laughs> three weeks just watching everything you've ever just done. Just been in a glass
1: house rabbit hole. <laughs> just got obsessed with uh, the glass house. And like I like uh, the idea that this guy only ever watched the glass house and then has no idea what happened to any of the people involved in the glass house since. And it's just recently gone back and go, oh, remember that show, the glass house? And then is suddenly like, you know, that uh, Will Anderson Groom was the guy from the glass house. You know that- uh, I never put two and two Never together. put it together. I never got- <laughs> You know that uh, Husey guy from The Masked Singer? I mean, that's the same Husey from The Glass House. Green Grant's a lawyer now for human rights. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so how is the festival like- Do you think- I've been, I've been seeing a lot of stuff online yeah. about- you know people having to cancel shows and it's actually been quite a quite brutal for a lot of performers do you think the festival yeah. whole as a whole has been successful or mixed bag mixed
1: bag is, is the truth so um I, like just on a really personal level thanks to everyone who did come out and see the show um uh, it won an award, which was very nice and unexpected. Um, I'll, I'll tell you this story very quickly. So um, uh, so yesterday morning I'm out for my walk and I wasn't going to go to the awards because I've just been avoiding anything where there's like other people. But um, I got a call about 15 minutes before um, just saying, hey, um, could you pop over to the awards if you're you know, nearby? Now uh, uh, that doesn't always mean that you yourself are going to win an award. It could mean that mm-hmm. someone that you – Know or like is going to win an award, they'd like you to present an award, or there's some other, yeah, compelling reason to be there. But it could mean that, you know, but I just couldn't work out of the awards that were available what award they would give my show. Anyway, so anyway. I wasn't expecting to do anything that morning. So I'd had a little medicine and I was going for my daily walk through the city and then I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna have to like little sober up a little to get, you know, to wander into this event, right? So I'm looking for a coffee and the lines are so long everywhere and I've got to get to like I don't have much time to get there on time to when they've told me to be there. And so I go into the seven eleven. I'm just like, fuck it, I'll get a seven eleven coffee. So two dollar large seven eleven coffee and I'm like, so I'm like getting myself my coffee and like, you know, making it as you do in the 7 Eleven. And then I'm in my head, I'm just like going, why am I like, what's going on? Like, why am I being invited to this like thing? You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, I don't understand what's going on. Anyway, I'm wandering over to the thing. I am almost at the awards when I realize guess what I didn't do? Pay for my coffee. I literally oh, just walked out of the 7 without paying for my coffee because uh-huh. I was just like I'd made it. I was in my head. I kind of just forgot that I was meant to pay for the coffee. So anyway, I walked back like to the Seven Eleven. The look of surprise on the guy's face who works there, he goes, mate, people do this all the time and no one ever comes back. <laughs> and <I was> like-
0: <laughs> so what? He's saying like – uh, famous comedians coming and steal coffee. Oh yeah, all the T- time. Tommy Little
1: comes in and fills up a bucket, mate. I don't know it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at the awards, um, it was really interesting because I haven't had a huge opportunity to talk to a bunch of other comedians this festival. Um, you know, to get what their experiences have been. But that, it, obviously, everybody there was just, was just talking about the festival, so it was really interesting to get a a broader perspective and the the overview without me you know knowing all of it is that i think the numbers will be pretty consistent with what they were last year but there was 200 more shows so if you do the maths on that that's a lot mm. fewer people actually going to individual shows um audiences seem to be about kind of a third down i would say like you know across the board like you know different spikes in different spots and all those sort of things but People, there's a lot of COVID in the community still. And because of the, you know, like if you're someone who's got a job or a family or any of those sort of things that can't afford a seven-day strike, um, you know, audiences stayed away. And I think in particular the people I feel for, because at my end of the market, even if a third of your audience doesn't come, there's still heaps of people in the room to do the shows. Whereas if you're some new person doing your first, second, or third show, like that's the hard ticket to sell. Like somebody might mm. say, I'll go and see Carl Barron. I'm willing to take the risk of COVID because I want to go and see Carl Barron I know it'll be worth going to see Carl Barron, whereas people don't necessarily make that same decision of like, I'm going to go and see someone yeah. I've never heard of who may or
0: may not be good in that scenario. and Which is kind of the antithesis of the festival experience, right? Like the whole point of the yes. festival is like, yeah, sure, you see your headliners, but the idea is, oh, I'm going to see some people that I haven't heard of before. That's and right. like Take a gamble.
1: No, and like often shots. they'll do yeah, both in the same night, whereas people have been yeah. you know, more hesitant to, you know, go from bar to bar and venue to venue. Like this year I've heard a lot of stories of people staying in the same venue for the night, for example. So if I'm going to go and see shows tonight, I'm only going to the Victoria Hotel and I'm just going to see shows at the Victoria Hotel. But um, so the little end of the market and particularly when you talk about the, it, the, they're the ones who are more susceptible to COVID you know, they're going to have to do more flyering or they're in smaller rooms, less ventilated. They don't have the capacity to be, you know, separated from their audience in the way that like a show like mine does, often their own money. They've spent like, you know, the last three to six months probably putting together their show, maybe lost a week of it through COVID, like are going to come out of this festival with thousands of dollars in debt. And and so they're the ones that I like really worry for because in the old days you would say to them that death – is worth it because if you did a good festival show, hopefully a bunch of other comedians came and saw it and a whole bunch of comedy managers and festival staff and whatever. But again, that's the sort of stuff that didn't really happen this year. You know, like Mm. people didn't go and see other people's shows. Other performers were very hesitant even to go and see as many shows because we were all trying to be protective to not get sick. So, it was a really mixed bag festival. Like it was super successful in some ways. I mean, for me, it's my favorite ever show that I've ever done and I thought it was just I loved the shows and I loved the people who came along and I can't wait to do it in Sydney and Brisbane. And, you know, when we talk, I'm doing my improv show tonight like to finish off the festival. So last night was actually my last night of Willogical and, um, yeah, I I loved it. Like I love being back doing the festival. I love doing the shows. Like, And I think generally – The thing I said to people was if you were actually someone who was coming out to see shows, you probably saw the best quality shows you've ever seen at the festival (laughs) because A, all the comedians weren't drinking, they weren't staying out all night, like no one's done comedy for so long that you – like in a long festival sometimes you will phone in a show. You get to a Wednesday and the crowd's Mm -hmm. not into it and you're like, I'll just get through tonight. But nobody's doing that at the moment. Like everyone's like – because every night at the festival when there's COVID around could be your last night. Like – I went into every single night of this festival going tonight could be the last night I get to do this show, which is, so I think the actual shows themselves, the festival itself, the bit of it that happened and was supported was probably really super successful. A lot of great shows, a lot of audiences that had a really good time. And then there was this sort of other part of the festival, which was the struggles that were consistent across the board. So it'll just be interesting to know whether this is what it's going to be like going forward, like is 2023 going to be the same as what 2022 is or do we hope that, you know, by 2023 maybe we'll get a clearer run at it. But it was, yeah, a challenge but a beautiful, interesting challenge and it was really good that the festival was about.
0: You know what is also really good, Will? Tofop.com, where you can find all our podcasts. <laughs> not sorry. I was trying to find a segue out of that. I couldn't. No, I, hope, no. I said, I was thinking, mate, I hope he finishes on a positive note so I can find a positive segue into plugging our website. <laughs> but you can go to tofop.com to check out our other great podcast. Um, I've got Guy Davis. Oh, should we explain what happened with Cameron James or or, or, or is, that, uh, is that also involved? Uh, all, all I will say
1: is <laughs> that uh, we we spoke about something that it turns out someone involved wasn't happy with us speaking about. So we decided out of respect for everybody to um, just take down the whole episode and uh, it's not a
0: big deal. At some point we may put it up again.
1: Yeah. Hopefully at some point or at the very least um, we'll have Cam back on and we can, you know, (laughs) Just talk about most most of the same things (laughs) and maybe sidestep around a couple of things. Anyway. We should get a transcript from the show. All I would say is download it early, guys. (laughs) If you ever want to avoid this situation, as soon as the new episodes come out, you just download them and then you'll never miss out. Can we
0: get a transcript of the show? Because I think we can do that on Riverside. It does automatic transcriptions and we can get you and Cam just to do everything apart from the redacted sections so we can just like beep out the bits that you that you're not meant to talk about
1: well I, the thing i will say and i'm not going to blow up cam's spot in any way like you know which is that he's been really great about like healing the you know the hurt that was done yeah you know, do you know what I mean. like as in like he's been very professional about like you know explaining you know anyway like get he doesn't need to have me defend him because, of course, I'm the opposite. Like I'm always like I'm going to tell them to get fucked, and I'm going to say this, and I'm like 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 running through this list of like arguments of why you know, and then I'm like, no, 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 no just you know, don't don't. You'd let it go. Well, this, <laughs>
0: <It's in there. laughs> this, this week's guest on Five Five P is a far less controversial Robert Davis, uh, film critic, uh, TV critic, uh, pop culture critic, is back on the show. We're talking about the career of Bruce Willis. Don't worry, it's not a eulogy. It's more of an affectionate look back at uh, mm-hmm. the career of Bruce Willis. We bring up some of our favourite, perhaps underrated, Bruce Willis performances. Um, see if you can guess my one will or well, one of mine. Underrated. Uh... Not, not, not a John McClane. Not a Hudson Hawk. Oh, not a Hudson Hawk.
1: Hudson Hawk was maybe going to be my guess. Um,
0: uh, Looper. Oh, that comes up. That's not one of mine. That was one of Guy's. Yes, mm, yes. Okay. Um, Think early uh, 90s comedy. High concept comedy. High concept playing, comedy. It's Bruce playing against type. He's in fact was not the, in like a Robert Altman film or something no, like that. Robert is it Zemeckis like a player Robert or Robert Zemeckis film. Yeah. He's not actually the lead. He's kind of almost like a supporting character, playing a real nerd. Mm. Okay, playing
1: a nerd. Oh, I was at that nine to five or no. whatever it's he's No, he's not in nine to five.
0: That was made <laughs> no, like ten it called? years no. earlier. No. Death becomes it. like
1: it. death becomes oh, no, a okay. That was It wasn't what I was thinking oh, about okay. anyway. There was some sort of. Like romantic comedy where it's like, I mean, it might not. Anyway, whatever. doesn't matter. Uh,
0: so that's uh, Faux fop That comes out uh, same uh, on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, New Two Guys, uh, One Cup uh, will be out on the listener app. So download the listener app for free, sign up for free, and search Two Guys, One Cup to hear that episode. Uh, let's just get one bit of mail before we – oh, and also uh, on our Patreon bonus set coming up this week. We're going to record it as soon yes. as we finish this episode. Just a quick bit of mail. Um, this is from Megan. Or Me- Megan, as I say in America. Hi, Will and Charlie. I've been listening to you since the beginning of time, or what feels like that. Hey, that's some perfect symmetry. We started the show talking about how time oh feels kind God, of like time irrelevant. It's a circle. It's a circle. It's a circle. Uh, I came here for Will. I've been crushing on him since the Glasshouse days. So oh, bloody hell, more callbacks Oh, my this is God. amazing. <laughs> but I stay for Charlie. <laughs> Um, yeah. I'm a stay-at-home mum of a and two- the John Stevens references. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> the five chat. Uh, uh, I, I'm a stay-at-home mum of a two-year-old girl, so I find Charlie's stories hilariously relatable. Mm-hmm. We are loving Bluey as well. I wanted to ask you both if you were a breed of dog, which mm-hmm. would you be? Will I presume you'd say a bulldog for obvious reasons? But I don't think your personality matches. Um, okay, so what dog do you think you'd be? I mean, by the way, Byron Bay Bluey Fest,
1: you should get behind that. Like a children's late festival dedicated to the TV character, Bluey in Byron Bay. Yeah. Byron Bay Bluey Fest. In fact, you should run that as part of Byron Bay Blues Fest next year to look after the kids. Yeah, that's what you that's do. That's a great idea. You get all the kids down there. You get them down to Byron Bay Bluey Fest where it's all just like stuff from Bluey, like like, but, but like Blues Fest yeah. in the corner. That's anyway, the, That's an that's, idea for free, guys.
0: It'd be amazing to see some jacked-up sonic guy pick a fight with Sam at <laughs> Bluey
1: yeah, Fest. would be amazing. <laughs> two, seven, two years in a row, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that guy just tell you to get your hands off banjo. <laughs> so.
0: Banjo bandit.
1: Oh, sorry. You're not a real fan. I've never seen bluey. I've yeah. <laughs> never seen an episode. I don't know. Uh
0: what, what dog are you? Um
1: what dog am I? I don't know. Um uh,
0: physically, I think you you've got like a like a Dal- dalmatian or like a, a Greyhound. you You got like that long mm. features. Like I could see like mm. a border collie, something like that. Mm. I mean you're long I mean so yeah, bad hips, like there's a lot oh, of dogs yeah. that have you know, bad hips,
1: so yeah. dysplasia. So, like, yeah, so probably a big dog, not like a small dog. Great but not Dane? Like a Could you big... be a
0: Great Dane? You like just sitting mm. around on things and watching TV. <laughs> I mean, I do. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember when Gemma and I first started dating early on, we were at a party and – um uh the owners of the party, they had this staffy, this like little chunky little staffy. And I remember mm-hmm. talking to someone in quite a serious conversation, D&M, and Jem comes charging into the room with this staffy, holding it up and going, look, look, don't you reckon this dog looks just like Charlie? <laughs> <laughs> so I'd have to say, I do, and I do have that kind of staffy energy. I've got yeah, this sort of big smile and the, and the kind of like stocky little body and the sort of big head. Yeah. So yeah, I think a Staffy and, and a Great Dane. That 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 is the yeah. dogs that we are, and that is Tofop for this week. <laughs> Check out the bonus episode at Patreon.com/slash Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Yeah, I'm Will Anderson. This podcast is a TOEFOP production. Head to toefop.com for more. Cool things for cool people.